Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Thinking Project podcast, where we interview creators and founders to give you the best experience and the best chance of starting a successful brand or business. Let me introduce one of the sponsors for today's episode, and that is Othership. They are a breathwork app, a meditation breathing app that is absolutely phenomenal. In fact, it changed my life. I absolutely use this app every day. Uh, There are breathwork sessions for one minute all the way up to an hour so that you can pick the right breathwork uh, exercise that works for you. Uh, it's It goes along with music, so that makes it a lot more uh, entertaining and a lot easier to do. Uh, but the breathwork will absolutely change your life, so go check it out. It's on iOS, or you can click my affiliate link in the description below and get started with other ships. So with all that being said, let me introduce Jesse Fisco, who is a real estate entrepreneur. He's a serial entrepreneur. It was absolutely wonderful talking with him about all the trends in real estate, but also how to juggle and manage lots of different businesses at the same time. And we had an amazing conversation as always. He's a fantastic guest. You can check him out uh, on all social media platforms or by clicking in the descriptions below. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Please share it with your friends. And without further ado, Jesse Fisco. All right. We're rocking and rolling, Jesse. Thank you for being here, sir. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Dalton, for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And uh, glad that we met. Uh, But even before we met, uh, you know, via Zoom and everything for the first time, I've been following you uh, for for a while on on, uh, uh, Facebook and and a few other places. Uh, You're big into real estate. Uh, I saw that you were big into like NLP or is that NLP, right? Yeah. NLP training. Yep. Absolutely. NLP training. So that's cool, man. I know a lot of people are into that NLP. I'm, I'm sure that's something we'll talk about, but why don't you take just a minute and kind of introduce everything that you got going on? Cause you got quite a bit, like seven businesses, right? Yeah. We run about seven businesses. Um, a lot of them focused on the real estate aspects of things. So we help people buy and sell houses. Um, that's one of our businesses. We also have a company that flips houses. Um, another one that wholesales. Um, so for those that aren't familiar, we find a, a property and then turn around and sell that property to an investor and make a margin of profit in between what we picked it up for versus what we turned around and sold it for. Um, we've run a, a title company. So, you know, that kind of just goes hand in hand with everything, right? So the title company takes care of the contracts and recording. And then from there, a mortgage company. So a lot of it's invested in the real estate spec like sector. Um, and of course, we've got a trucking company we're just launching that's automated trucking for passive investors. We're super excited about that. And then an Amazon e-commerce store. Oh, that's <laughs> so wow, yeah, dude. That, Lots of breakdown there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of them have just been like, you know, partnering up with other people and connecting, and it's been a lot of a lot of cool stuff. But um, I've grown a lot, learned a ton. And I uh, can pretty much tell you everything you shouldn't do. <laughs> um, and so if you ever need a resource, I guess you could hit me up for that. <laughs> That's uh-huh. cool. So I like that you, the first thing that comes to mind is I like how you, um, in your real estate companies, you just kind of plugged all the holes. So you didn't have to really outsource everything. Cause like you sell a house, you need a title company, you need an, a loan originator, you need all mm-hmm. of these things. And so you kind of took all of that, um, into account essentially. Right. So I'm curious what, 
what came first and what made you start branching out into all of these things? And did you, do you do them personally or did you acquire companies that did that? No, that's a great question. So like what started all of it is, you know, we jumped into real estate about seven years ago and um, you know, obviously you have to have a loan in most cases you have to have a loan to buy a house. Um, And so we worked with multiple different lenders and I mean, for some, it was, you know, like we had a good experience, others, like you couldn't even get them to pick up their phone. And what we were finding is just like, for us, it was more stress trying to work with a lender than it was not, you know, just like trying to figure out what the process was. So I told myself, like, I need to link up with someone. So we met a gal who was phenomenal to work with. Um, She helped take our business and skyrocket. She was awesome. Um, Her name was Stephanie. And Stephanie had a bunch of team members that she worked with. And um, one of the guys um, who's now my partner, him and I hit it off really well, um, just connected. And he said, hey, have you ever thought about getting your license Um, and actually learning this aspect? He's like, you bring a ton of people opportunities. He's like, what if we could do a way to actually donate a big chunk of your commission so you could qualify more buyers um, to, you know, and to avoid the closing costs? Because at that point, the market started getting a little bit tighter where you couldn't ask for closing costs. So it's a, that's a genius idea. Like, how much are we thinking? And, um, you know, your typical loan officer makes around 2%. Um, and we were able to take, I mean, over 66% of that and plug it in to give back uh, to buyers in the form of a lender credit um, and also reduce our rates. So, I mean, most of the time, it was just designed to qualify more buyers. I was thinking, like, hey, let's get more people in houses, right? As opposed to like, we're actually helping people. And then as you started to link the two together, it was like, holy crap, we're actually helping a lot of people that are like four or five, in some cases, $10,000 away from qualifying for a house. We're actually now getting them into a house faster. And as you can see with like with the market, market's gone from, you know, basic, like, hey, it's, it's a hot market to now like, holy cow, it's like trending hot historical highs. And so being able to put more people in houses now, uh, or well, in the past has just helped them with appreciation has won us a lot of, you know, a lot of friends and repeat business. So the mortgage company started off that way. um, And then from there, it just started, okay, we have refinances, we've got all this other stuff. And so we decided, okay, let's bring it in house to a title company. You know, that makes the most sense going to the next level. And so we're able to network, talk to more people and uh, start a title company that way and i mean really the key is just talking to people and knowing more people yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's the uh that's the key to life essentially right is like networking absolutely like figuring out what it is yeah yeah it's crazy i mean it's it's just simple like you talk to people you try to align what their wants are with your wants and so um but yeah for those of those of you guys listening i'm sorry my son like had a huge shiner so if you're picking up some feedback with him and the the background right before we jumped on this call he fell <laughs> off the stairs and boom ginormous goose egg so we're trying to get him calmed down but you know as luck would have it anytime i jump on one of these things a lot of emotion so yeah, all good man <laughs> yeah so that i mean that's what kind of started all of it and then i got hooked just creating businesses you know from there it was like oh this makes all the sense in the world uh, i met with another guy that we he was the, he represented the buyer. I represented the seller and it's kind of the same thing how you and I met. I followed him on Facebook, just, you know, what's mm-hmm. this guy doing? And man, I just had like this feeling after we did that deal together. I'm like, I got to reach out to this guy. So we did. And, uh, you know, that guy, him and I together, 
grossed over $150,000 in three months. Like oh, wow. crazy, crazy amount of money for like not even knowing each other's style and stuff. But there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of cool, a lot of cool experiences. Um, I owe a lot to what he's brought to the table. He's helped me get into this NLP stuff and we're learning a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Mind. So, 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 so let's break down a little bit of like, um, and I'm trying to figure out what the, what the listeners would want the most, but what I'm most curious about right now is about like that NLP. So I've heard about it from a few other people. Um, and I, and I don't really know like the, all the ins and outs of it, like what, like high level view, break it down. Yeah. Love it. Um, you know, from the outside looking in a lot of times, people think of what they don't want, right? Mm -hmm. If I was to ask you, Dalton, what do you want? Naturally, you're going to say, well, I don't want this, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that natural response. Well, I don't want to be working so much that like I'm making all this money, but I don't want to work that much for this money. And a lot of us go towards the things we don't want thinking like that's what we want. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of similar. So if I tell you, Dalton, don't think of a pink elephant. Naturally, the first thing comes to your mind is what? Sure. A pink elephant. Right. So if we're telling ourselves all the things we don't want, what are we telling our mind? All the stuff we don't want. All the stuff we don't want. Yeah. 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 So we start working towards the things that we absolutely do not want. Whereas if we say, Hey, I want a six pack, you know, if it's health, (laughs) Hey, I want, you know, I want to ace my MBA program. I want to get a 4.0 through this program. You start telling yourself the things you want. It unconsciously tells your brain, like, these are the things I'm working towards. And so we start right. working towards the things we naturally want. A lot of times we don't, like we set a goal and we go, okay, yeah, hey, I want to do a million dollars worth of revenue this year. Okay, but like, is that what you want? <laughs> or is that just what you write down? And so right. it, it kind of brings you into a higher level of thinking and training your brain. Um, yeah. You know, just today, just this afternoon, I, I got on a call with one of my coaches and I get really anxious um, right before I start making big time decisions and like, things that, you know, require money investments, whether it's $10,000 or $100,000, like, I just get really anxious. And so mm-hmm. we worked on this thing that we're just saying, okay, you know, from anxiousness, where do I want to go next? If I start off anxious, I need to nip that in the butt really fast. So where's the next thing? And we decided that from anxiousness goes curiosity. So, okay, hey, I'm feeling anxious. I got to write this tax bill because tax season's <laughs> coming around. I've got this huge tax bill. Instead of being anxious and stressing out about that, moving to the next phase of curiosity. How am I going to pay that? Right. And start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then as you start thinking about that, oh, hey, like now I'm starting to feel a little bit more motivated to work towards that. Right. And then once you hit motivation, now you've got your plan, you're motivated to do your plan and then confidence. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's what we were training today. Like for me, it was going all right, the minute I start to feel anxious about something or start to get overwhelmed, whether it's a war in Ukraine, whether it's here, you know, dealing with COVID-19, whatever the case, I need to now go over to curiosity of how can I control that in my own elements and then move over to motivation. So a lot of it's just mind programming, right? Like it's literally just telling yourself, I'm in control of my outcomes. I mean, Grant Cardone, like him or hate him, (laughs) Um, one of the things he says is taking absolute ownership. So if someone hits you and rear ends you, who's at fault? Well, (laughs) you could say the guy that hits me is at fault, 
Or you could say, I'm at fault because I left five minutes later than I should have, or had yeah. I left a minute earlier, right? And you start taking extreme ownership and that's what the neuro-linguistic programming is. Yeah. Ironically, Grant Cardone does the same stuff. <laughs> so well, sure, pretty cool. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I Grant Cardone started, and I've told this story a million times, but Grant Cardone started in the auto industry. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I started. So, but I started back when like almost all of Grant Cardone's books were like auto books. Sure. So he had like make 250k a year in auto sales and like the closer survival guide and all those things. And then he wrote yeah. the 10x rule and then he wrote, you know, uh seller be sold, be obsessed or be average and all of these books. So yeah, I mean I fell in love. I probably invested 10k in Grant Cardone just by myself. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um and I think that principle was in the 10x rule, right? And I right. think that was the chapter he was going to, he was going to title. Don't be a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you know? absolutely right. I, I think that's why great... I'm drawn. I love that yeah. chapter so much, right? It's it great is. It's a good chapter. Catching. It's a good yeah. chapter. And what you were talking about when you were saying like um, people focus, you know, if you ask somebody what they want, they, they tell you what they don't want. And what I right. found interesting with that is, um, is kind of like this opposite rule. Like we have this, uh, there's this fallacy that like, if I don't want something, the opposite must be that I want, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't want to work a hundred hours a week. So the opposite must be that I want to work zero or whatever the opposite is. Right. And that's not always true. Right. Like that's not always the case. It might not be that, yeah. you know, the opposite. So we kind of get in this weird power struggle with our mind. Right. Right. And then we come and like get, start to get, like you said, that power struggle. And then that results to a funk, which will results to you uh-huh. doing absolutely nothing. Right. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you're over there like trying to determine. And so, I mean, what's really cool about that is it just like this whole NLP program is just opening up your brain into yeah. more, more things of like, I can actually do this. Like I have a team that calls us, uh, that calls for us. They just call home sellers, people that are likely to sell and offer cash offers on their homes right and every single week we jump on and we say what do you want like what is it that you want one guy's like i want 250 acres out in the middle of nowhere a big cabin okay what are you doing to work towards that right now and you know they my team knows like this is accountability like this is what are you doing to get to that point and at first it was like man uh, well you know i don't know but now like you start asking my team what they're doing and they're telling you, yes, like, yeah. this is what we want. Like, this is what we're going for. And it's cool. We're hitting massive goals um, because of that. And it's all because we're all on the same mindset of like, here's a, you know, here's what we want. This is what we envision. So, but I mean, what's really cool about the program too, I guess, is like when we first started off a hundred things you want, and it can't be for anything else, but a hundred material items that money can buy. What is it? And for me, I was like, dude, I can't even get past 20 right? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm content. Like a lot of us feel that way too. Like I'm content with what I have. I don't need more. Sure. And that's, that's also one of those common things we're taught all the time. And so as I start to write stuff down, like, okay, I got to think bigger. So now all of a sudden I'm writing a yacht, a private Island, a jet, like all these things that are just massive way <laughs> right. out of what I've even thought of. And the minute I looked at private Island, I started just going, all right, what does one of these run? Like the curiosity kicked in. Yeah. Well, in Mexico, you can go buy a private island for under a hundred thousand bucks. And like, all of a sudden it's like, huh, okay, that's more attainable. So I can actually have this. And then the epiphany hit of like, Hey, Jesse, how can you go and jump on your plane and go to your private island and have a great time? 
if you're stuck here showing houses on the weekends or doing different things like with your business. And that's opened up my mind to, man, I got to level up in order to get to this private island. It's not just the money, but it's the mental aspect and the being able to let go of control to get to that point. And so, I mean, for me, that was like my first breakthrough monumental moment of this training of, okay, well, here we go. So we hired, we've put more people in place. I've moved my number over. So my admin takes my calls now, which was really, really hard for me, right? Like I'm a control freak, (laughs) but I mean, she's opened up four to six hours a day that I would have been on the phone. So now what can I do with it? Cool. You know, I can do some other cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I really appreciate that because a lot of it is, yeah, a lot of it is just reframing your mind, right? Like when you come Mm -hmm. into a problem, it's not like, yeah, it's not like what, you know, all the things that are wrong, right? But essentially just kind of skipping all of that and moving into like, you know, being curious, how how can we solve a problem? Um, Because that's a big one. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of this is problem solving. And you know, what's what's funny about that is um, you mentioned that letting go like delegating is is hard for you right that right. that's probably the number one thing i hear from like business owners in general is like yeah i don't like i'm like well why don't you just hire like a va or why don't you do you know i can't do that yeah. they wouldn't do it right like okay well <laughs> i guess right. you're never gonna get there then you know what i mean and that's that's the hardest part is you've built up this job like you've built a healthy career and this money and now like to branch out and say okay well i can make you know, instead of going and yeah. working 80% of the time for 20% return, what if I could make yeah. 20% investment of my time and make 40? And then if I could do that four times, mm. I'm making double the amount, right? <laughs> right, right. And, sure. but that is so it's mentally draining to think about, especially if you're a control freak and most entrepreneurs are high drivers, motivated people that are yeah. in a sense, control freak. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. hard to break through sometimes. No, that's a tough one too. It's, it, it is tough, but, but get it, reframing your mind and putting it into like, you know, not necessarily like what if they mess up, but how can I not get them to, me- you know what I mean? Like, how can I teach yeah. them? Because that's another accountability thing. Like I, you know, I'll talk with business owners and they'll be like, well, they're not going to do it right. And I'm like, well, whose problem is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not their problem. Like, like if, if you hand them over the reins with nothing, then you can expect that. But if you start to like, you know, instead of like, they're going to mess it up, you know, I like how you put that. And I like how, how you just taught that about stepping into curiosity. That's a really cool way to think about it. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's just now going and like, I could go all day about this NLP stuff, sure, but like sure. a lot of people go, what if in the negative, what if this happens? What if this guy doesn't land this deal? But you're not asking yourself, what if? this guy actually lands a million dollar deal and I don't have to do this. Right. Right. So asking yourself in the positive actually can offset all the negative feelings and encourage you and inspire you to make that next step. Yeah. And you know, what's kind of worked for me. I don't know. I, I love, um, I, I've, I grew up with this, like it's hitting kind of a stride now with a few, with a certain number of authors, but I learned Mm -hmm. about this when I was a kid, like stoicism. Right. And one of the Mm -hmm. principles of stoicism is like, you go all the way. And I don't, and I feel like people don't go all the way. Like, so they'll be like, well, what if he messes up? I go, I go further and I go like, what if this just totally fails? And like, what happens if it fails? But, but what's cool for me is like, it's a little counterintuitive approach. that really works for me because like, uh, you know, when I wanted to switch jobs or when I wanted to like start the podcast or like go all in with my podcast, 
I was like, you know, what if this doesn't work? I was like, well, I'll, I'll go get another job. And I was like, well, that's not that bad because right. I already have one. And I was like, all right, yeah. screw it. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you, you could not pay your mortgage one month. And I was like, well, that's not really that big of a deal. Cause I'll figure out how to get it done. So, sure. all right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So it's just a, but it is, it's kind of on along those same times. You're just reframing the problems like, and just like, right. oh yeah, it could work. Yeah. Or it could not. And I'll be back to where I am. So I might as well. Like I heard Jim Carrey say one time, he was like, you can fail at doing something you hate. So you might as well try and do something you love. I love that. <laughs> I love it. I was, I was on a call with one of my, my team members today. And he was just like, man, like we went, we broke it down. Like one of my favorite questions to ask is at what point did you decide that this is how you feel? Right. And he was like, I'm afraid of failure. And it's like, well, at what point did you decide that? We broke it all the way down to like, you know, little league football. Like, yeah. hey, if yeah. I miss this set, then the coach yells at me and I got afraid of failure. And we broke it down even more and said, okay, let's go back in time. Let's like really think about it. So <laughs> what happened when you made that? You know, did someone still get a tackle even though you missed your spot? Yeah, right. we did. Did they score? Sure. But did you win? Yes. Okay. And like helping like break down that mental breakdown of failure, because one of the things is there's never, there's never failure. It's only feedback, right? Like you're getting feedback as to what you need to go in and fix. And then we start to realize that we're going to move faster. And so, yeah, go ahead. That's, I mean, that was what we ended up doing with the, with our call. And he walks away going, dude, like, yeah, absolutely. And then afterwards, you know, I started digging a little bit more to send him more motivation stuff. And I'm a huge basketball player and Kobe Bryant hit seven out of 24 clutch all eyes on him shots. Like we only remember the seven, not the 24 he missed <laughs> or, you know, the other, yeah. what, 14 or whatever yeah, the, the other, cases whatever he, he missed. missed. Yeah. 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 We don't remember those. And then <laughs> I was telling him too, I said, anytime someone is playing pickup ball or doing something and does this fade away, that shot goes in, they don't say MJ, they don't say LeBron, they say Kobe, <laughs> right? And just told yes. them, you know, greatness over succeeds any failure. If you right. work towards it, your greatness will, everyone will forget all your failures. So only remember you as being great. Yeah, absolutely. No. Well, and, and another point to that is like, I learned through my philosophy that, um, you know, failure is just like, failure is almost an unnecessary label. Like, listen, I believe in losing, like I believe yeah. in loss. Like, and that's something that we should teach kids is like how to lose. I, I am, you know, I am a big believer in that. But I think the the concept of like failing is like just an unnecessary label that we put on things because sure. You, I mean, yeah, you just, yeah, you get feedback, you learn, and then you move on because the past isn't yours. And so you just keep going and you keep right. moving. Right. So I like that. Yeah. That's a good point too. And yeah. And of course, right. Like no one, you know, no one, no one remembers you know, the, the misses for sure. And no one, and no one knows how hard you work for all the ones that you hit. Right. Like, so eventually you got to do something like for you, which is, which is what you're saying. Like just start taking accountability and start moving. Well, and the thing is too, like to take a shot in that very given moment, like take some serious stones, right? Like, right. Oh yeah. (laughs) You've got got the national media, you know, if you miss that shot, everyone's going to be talking about how washed up and how you need to retire whatever the case. Right. (laughs) Right. But you're still taking that shot. That's mental programming right to the key. Like don't matter. I can shoot this. I know that it should go in like, and that's what, 
I think all of us at some point in our life want to do with our businesses yeah. or with our relationships and just say, I'm going to shoot my shot and it's going to go in. And if it doesn't, like, you don't even think about what if it doesn't, it's only, it's yeah. going to go in. You know? Right, right, right. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, it's kind of like Tiger Woods, right? We just had the Masters. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I don't know how Tiger yeah. did, but I remember when Tiger was really good and he would just like, like, it was like, he would like will a putt in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he, like that time he hit the, he hit the putt. And then before it even got to the hole, he was like, took his hat off and like shaking everybody's hand. Like, cause he knew it was going in Yeah, like, and he knew that he won. Crazy. I was like, dang. Yeah. And that's just sincere. Like, you know, dedication to the job, right. Dedication. And then mentally too, like, cause at, at that mental moment, he could have said, Nah, man, what if I miss? But he's just saying, yeah. I'm not missing this. This is going yeah. in. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take my bag and I'm going to walk. Well, so. and then it's what you said, right? You, you move from curiosity to plan to confidence. And that's what, that's yeah. what confidence is. It's like, look, this is going in. Yeah. Cause it's gone in a million times before that's where confidence came from. That's how, that's how tiger knew. Right. Right. Like, yeah. And you can take confidence from failure too. Like, sure. you know, if you're doing a bunch of Facebook ads and this one's not working, you know, confidently when someone comes up and says, Hey, help me. You know that you can say, don't do that ad. That's not going to work. Right. But this will. Right. And it's yeah. that trial yeah, and error, yeah, yeah. but someone could have said, Oh, you failed. You spent a bunch of money on that Facebook ad. Well, no, not necessarily. I learned like I invested yeah. in education here to get to this point. Right. 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 And that's okay. This brings up a really good point. Um, I'm not a college basher. Like, obviously I'm, I have a degree and I'm, I'm getting a second one. And, um, but I also understand like the problem with traditional school. Like I, I, I believe that like the, the public education system K through 12 failed me. Like uh, you would not believe that, like, if you saw my grades or, or like my academic, you know, kind of career, you would not believe that in high school, I graduated with like a 2.2. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I believe that, but here's the funny thing about this whole, and, and I'm not saying anybody is saying this, but, but, but the, the kind of culture around like school is like, you know, school is bad or like, don't go to school. Like your MBA is worthless and things like that. And the problem with that kind of thinking, in my opinion, is back to what you said, right? Even in real life, there is kind of like this pay to play, right? Like nobody got mm -hmm. good at Facebook ads without running shitty Facebook ads. You know right. what I mean? Without, without saying like, Hey, we know this doesn't work and that's your education. Right. So that's kind of the thing where I'm always like, cause I get in conversations with people and I'm like, listen, you got to pay to play. Like yeah. you didn't, I'm like, don't go to college, go to college, go to school. Don't go to school, buy a coach. Don't buy a coach. I don't care. But eventually you're going to have to lose some money. You're going to have to pay some money and, and learn a lesson. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like, I'm I have a love hate with college kind of sounds similar to yours right like yeah, yeah, yeah. I went yeah, to yeah, college yeah. but I think the turning point in my life was all right I can invest whatever fifteen thousand dollars in my college education sure. and listen to a gentleman that's w would <laughs> talk to me about starting businesses and being an entrepreneur I can listen to that or I could pay someone that is 1099 and invest that 15 grand and learn how to become an entrepreneur from someone else that is currently being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Which one has more weight, right? Yeah. To me, I'd take the latter and go hire the 1099 person as opposed to W2 and no disrespect to them. Sure. But it's just, you know, that, that's where I'm giving my education. And I think the same thing, you've got to pay to play. 
Yeah. I mean, we have spent like we could go back and look at our real estate team um, over the last seven years. We've probably spent seven figures in marketing yeah. just to figure it out. Right. We've made more than seven figures, but are there some that I'd say absolutely do not do for sure. <laughs> I would say, are there things that like get you immediately blocked on Facebook because of how, <laughs> of what you're posting? Yes. Don't do it. Right. But yeah, yeah. ultimately you've got to learn that, you know, right, the, the one right. thing, you know, the one thing I tell all of our agents to jump on is the number one deal killer is once you get licensed, you send all your friends a message and say, Hey, look at me. I'm a real estate agent because you know, that's naturally what you think you'd want to do, get your name yeah. out there. Well, everyone's like, oh, dude, I haven't talked to this guy in 10 years. And now all of a sudden he wants me to like hire him as a real estate agent. I'm done. Block. It's just like an MLM, right? Right, right, right. You get hit up from someone you haven't talked to in 10 years. You're like, what's your angle? What's your story? And so, yeah, 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 absolutely. you know, that costs money. That right there costs you money, regardless of whether right. you physically paid it or not. That guy's not hiring you because they won't even see your marketing from here on out. Right. But you're learning. You're making costly mistakes every day, and so yeah, um, which is a good okay. thing. Which I yeah, which I think right. is great. Like, and that was, right. and that's kind of like, and I think we're, I think we agree on this. But that's kind of like my thing is like, um, because I'm the same way. Like, the only reason I like I got my master's because this was like a childhood dream of mine. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean th that, and it's nothing more. Like, it didn't. It's not getting me a better job. Like, no one's paying. You know what I mean? Like. Sure. Um, but I, but I, but I paid for my MBA through all of my sales things that I definitely don't tell people to go to college for. Like, right. Like go get a professional sales degree. No, you should just go sell something. You should go find somebody yeah. who will let you sell for them and get, and start working. You know what I mean? And learn. Right. <laughs> Cause I the agree. Thing is the, but what I like what you hit is you said this was a dream. So you went after a dream, regardless of whatever anyone else thought or money, you went after something yeah. you wanted. Right? right. So you're telling your mind right now, I reward myself with the things I want. Right. And by right. doing that, you're showing more love for yourself. So unconsciously, your mind's going to just start opening up other avenues for you because it shows that you're rewarding yourself. Right. So, which is, you great. know, I, yeah. Right. I mean, if you tell yourself, I deserve this because of all these other things, like, cool, man, you're telling yourself you deserve it. You're going to get what you deserve. Like, <laughs> you're going to attract it. So I, I personally love that. My hat's off to you for like saying, hey, I teach against this, but this was a dream of mine to go get it. And the sure. fact that you're going to go get it, like that's cool to me because it shows that you're actually taking care of what you truly want. So Yeah, yeah. And some people, yeah. And some people, some people are like, you know, I, I would say the same thing. Like, don't, don't go to college. Like there's enough ways for you to, there's enough, there's enough avenues for you to, uh, make money that you don't necessarily have to go. And I think that, you know, I, I do agree with a lot of the people who say with most of the people who say that that traditional schooling isn't going to look the same in seven years. Definitely agree with that. Something's got to change for sure. Um, sure. But yeah, it's just, it's just, but back to that point is like, I, I always, I always get a little weary because I, I don't, you know, I, I'll say like, don't go to school if you want to learn sales you know, but if you want to be a, an accountant, you probably have to, you know, <laughs> or like yeah. a doctor or something. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I know accountants who don't have a degree. So it is what, and you, and by the way, what, the, you know, the funniest part of this is uh, to do someone's taxes. Like one of the certifications is an enrolled agent in EA, and mm -hmm. you don't have to go to college to be an EA through the IRS and represent somebody to the IRS. 
It's crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Like for like, so there's only two people who can two like titles who can represent people to the IRS, a CPA, which you do have to go to school for. You have to get a mm -hmm. master's generally. Um, or you can be an enrolled agent. Yeah. And there's two ways to do that. You can take a test that's like three hours long, or you can be you can work for the IRS for four years. And you don't have to have a degree to go work for the IRS for four years either. So it's just funny. Like <laughs> when people it's say so like <laughs> an accountant, no, nah, not really. <laughs> yeah. I don't know for me, like, and I'm, I'm going to go out here and, and just say something that's probably a little bit controversial, but like you have two different States, you have a resourceful state mm -hmm. and someone that is very resourceful is going to look for any angles. And then you have people that are non-resourceful and there's yeah. a blend too, right. Depending on what you want. Yeah. I feel like college has made it so that you're almost labeling like, look, I'm resourceful, but sure. that person could be completely unresourceful. They just are good at reading a book. Sure. Does that makes sense. That's a good Whereas point. Someone else that is extremely resourceful, they can go in and do wonders and laps around this other person, but we're putting a label because of a degree, mm. you know, like mm -hmm. one of my, one of my life experiences is like, I wanted to become a financial advisor, mm -hmm. um, which obviously if you get your, your CFP, um, that's a big deal because you know you went to school got your cfp well mm -hmm. eh, and in uh, college i got my associate's degree in business and at that point i was already like managing high net worth individuals money like yeah. and i i had no background for cfp but i was studying i knew i could answer questions i was working and dealing with yeah. people with millions of dollars and that's because of a resourceful state i didn't need a degree to tell me what i could or could not do yeah. Um, yeah. My employer was like, we, we only hire people with bachelor's degrees, but because I could test out and show them what we were doing, they were like, ah, well, we'll make an exception here. Yeah. So <laughs> great. You, yeah. Right. Do you need a college education? Maybe some do. Yeah. Maybe some people need that paper, right. To tell them like, Hey, I, I can do this. And maybe you don't like, but yeah, there's just a different, there's different States, right. You have your yeah. unresourceful and you have your resourceful. And once again, there's kind of a blend of are you ultra resourceful willing to take on all the, all the blame? Or are you about, you know, 80% resourceful and say, well, that guy still hit me. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, their yeah. Fault. no, so. I, no, I agree. And, and uh, I think that, I think that's a great point. And the problem with see the whole thing we're going to have to solve and, and, and we're kind of already seeing it. It's like, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, a lot of networking and a lot mm -hmm. of like, paying to play but the problem not the problem but what the thing that we're going to have to solve is because we've just lived in this state of like um like authority right like mm -hmm. like you know we you hire a coach you want a business coach so you go find a business coach who's like ran successful businesses and that's like the authority that he comes from right is like i've ran successful businesses i can do the same for you let's rock and roll you know what i'm saying um sure. and so you can do that though. You can bypass or you can start to gain authority by understanding like that you network with people, you have people let you have a shot, but then it just goes back to those skills that I, I just don't think you can learn in a classroom. And that is like the art of persuasion, influence, mm -hmm. like empathy, like these kinds of things. You just got to be able, you just got to like go back and forth with people. You know what I mean? You got to get hit in the For mouth sure. a few times. Honestly, one of the biggest <laughs> things they don't teach in, in college is taking risks, right? And leveraging credit as opposed to leveraging your own cash. And so, sure. you know, a lot of people I talk to, you know, you go talk to any coach, like, well, do you have a credit card? And it's like, well, yeah, I got a credit card. <laughs> like, well, I'll just put on the credit card, you'll make a return. And it's that moment where you're like, that's too risky. 
right? Sure. Like, oh, that's, yeah, that's 26%. a big risk. You know, yeah. I'm not going to do that. And so I think that for me, like, you know, that's one of the big, biggest things that you, me personally, just don't think you can learn from school is taking a massive risk and seeing a massive result for, because of it, using yeah. other people's money, not yours. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the hard, but those are things you'll, you know, you got to yeah, learn. Don't learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's baby I, steps. Right, right. No, no, no. I totally get it. Um, that's really cool. So, and, and you're, you're also really big. Um, I want to hear about, I want to hear about a couple more of these businesses for sure. sure. But I'm curious to see how you navigate as like, because sales is my background. So, <laughs> you know, like my, I had an old uh, physics teacher in high school. I didn't learn a lot, but he taught me how to problem solve. And I really appreciated him for that. Um, but he, he would always say like a rose by any other name stinks. Like mm -hmm. it's cause it's like, he thought roses didn't smell good. And so he was like, yeah. <laughs> you call it whatever you want, but it stinks. And so that was kind mm -hmm. of my approach to sales. It's like, you can call, we can call them account executives. You can call them consultant, whatever, but you're a sales guy. And yeah. so I'm curious as you sell in this real estate market right now with all the craziness going on, what are some of the things you do to keep your head on straight as a sales guy? Yeah. Um, I would say I dedicate a lot of time to keeping up and current with what's going on. Right. Okay. I'm sharpening my tools and providing options. I'm not, I'm not a sales guy. I right. literally am a coach. That's what I tell all my clients. I coach sure. you through this. This is the biggest transaction in your life. So as the coach, you need to know different techniques, different yeah you know, stretches, whatever, if it's on the, you know, athletic side of things, you need to know different stretches, you need to know what yeah. works, and you need to understand different compositions of bodies. Well, same thing with real estate, there's different emotional things, there's different things yeah. that you're looking for. And so like, if I'm looking at a client, I'm going, all right, hey, here's the deal, like, buy what you can afford, that's my number one rule. And then say, did you know, like, you could offset income by simply, you know, walling off this wall here and putting a kitchen down here? Or did you know that the rents in this area are here or you could Airbnb and just providing more data and numbers, mm. right? Because yeah, yeah, all yeah. of us are sitting there looking, going, all right, it's a house, but we're not looking at how we can maximize the house. We're all looking at this house going, how do I buy this house, right? Like, how sure. do I afford this? And so a lot of it's just keeping up with trends. You know, someone asked me right now, well, what's going on with the mortgage rates? Like <laughs> I can definitely tell you, Federal Reserve is not buying mortgage-backed securities. So that's naturally <laughs> not plugging money into the bond market and that's raising rates, right? Yeah. Whereas if you ask another agent that, they may not have that answer. Um, yeah. And it's because they're not doing that. But they're not right. looking to bigger things. So I would say keeping your confidence is just knowing what's going on, right? Yeah. And if you're like, and for like any agent out there right now, I'll speak directly to them. But if you're not even like going into a house like right now because you don't have buyers, you're doing something wrong because you can learn a lot just by going into a house going to the basement looking at how it's built then doing some research as to why this is used like why this particular truss is used instead of something else or yeah. why this cabin is sitting on a wood foundation when every other foundation is in the cement like yeah. you know you can go and learn you don't need to be working with a client you can go be resourceful in other ways so, yeah 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 and then start like finding people you know well, yeah. Yeah, and that'd be great. Your, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, film yourself. 30 seconds, man. <laughs> hey, this is why this cabin has a wood foundation versus a cement foundation. Boom, go in and explain it. 
post it on Facebook or IG, whatever the case, now you're going to have a buyer because people yeah. are like, holy crap, I didn't know that. That guy's super smart. And all yeah, of a sudden they're so, going to come that, and go, yeah. yo. So just staying resourceful, right? And learning. And yeah. more importantly, in this day and age, recording what you've learned and just putting <laughs> it out there, you know, yeah, teach that, someone something. No, well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how we have to do it now. You know what I mean? We have to, what is, uh, was it Gary? I can't remember who said this. Um, one of the people that I love, but, uh, they were like, uh, give the information, sell the implementation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, that's it, man. That's it. Yeah. Right. Cause like, yeah, I, I can give you all of this stuff, but if you don't know how to do it, well, here I am. Right. <laughs> um, sure. by the way, I already know how to help you. <laughs> well, I had it like, I had one of my, my brother-in-laws, he, he does the, the pest control sales yeah. and he's like, man, I'm just not getting contracts. And I'm right. like, well, why don't you like go get a sample of what you're selling, go spray a section of the house in front of the person you're talking to and say, Hey, I'm going to spray this, come back in a week. And you tell me if you notice anything specifically in this spot, you know, yeah. then in a week you go back and follow up. They're going to say, Oh no, I didn't. Now right. you've just completely opened the door for an easy close. Well, Hey, like, let's just get your whole house done this way. Yeah. And yeah. 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 You know, he's like, dude, that's so unorthodox. That's not what they teach. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you go spend the 50 bucks and just get a bottle? Like, just yeah, invest just in yourself, man. Yeah. And so he did. And that, I mean, he went out and did 10X contracts that summer. Like, yeah. I'm not even kidding. Cause all he did was just show. And then, you know, he followed up. I'm gonna come back in a week. He came back in a week. All of a sudden he's going, man, I'm not knocking doors anymore. I'm just going back to follow-up appointments. It's like, right. geez, you're a genius, right? <laughs> you know? so yeah things like things like that it's just like open your mind and be creative but like you're saying show implement and once yeah. you show them that then people yeah. are naturally going to be like oh my gosh yeah this is this is something i need yeah it's great yeah and i mean because that's easy right that's one of the first rules and in, in sales whether you're selling something that you can physically show or not but it's always show don't tell yeah you know i mean because no Absolutely. one no one cares <laughs> And that's what I'm doing is I'm going into a house. I'm just painting a picture of like what it would look yeah. like, what the rent would look like, what the mortgage would look like, you know, yeah. like nine out of 10 real estate agents can't quote a mortgage, like, and give you yeah. a basic idea of what the house affords. So the natural answer for most agents is, oh, well, you know what? You should probably call your lender and talk to them. Well, if I'm a buyer, I'm like, dude, I don't want to call my lender. Like, I don't yeah, even know. Every I time I look house. at a house. <laughs> right. But if you learned a formula, how to run a quick number and like, you could say, Hey, you're going to be in between 16, 1800, 1800 at the very tip top max, depending on property taxes. Well, people are going to go, Oh, okay, cool. 1800. That's scalable. I like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's funny about that is I used to work in the, I worked in the auto industry and mm -hmm. it's funny how like you'd be able to like, you could, you, you know, give prices like that. Cause that's, first of all, that's the number one complaint in the dealership is no one will tell you what the price is. But then right. the second thing is, it's like, I learned that like, it's not about the fact that people didn't want to know the price. I learned that most people just had crazy ideas of prices. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and if you're a consultant and you're in your goal is to like help people and manage their expectations and inform them, like, yeah, you should do that. Cause like, I really had people who would come onto my, onto the car lot and want a $50,000 SUV and genuinely thought that they could own, that they would only be spending like 350 months on 350 bucks on a five-year payment. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, that math doesn't work out, you know? Right. And so 
it's just a good opportunity to manage expectations. So I like that. I think that's a great idea. At least, and at least giving them a range, it's like, you don't have to be down to the penny, man. Just tell me an idea. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I can't remember who it was. I was listening to a coaching program. He's like, if I pick up the phone and ask someone right now what their price is, let's see what they say. And they picked up a phone call and they wouldn't give them a price. Well, let's do a consultation. Well, why? Like, just yeah, tell me just what the tell price me, is. Why don't you just tell me? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you just give your consumer what they want in any yeah. general? Like, if they're asking you the price range on the house, have at least be resourceful enough to have an answer. Like, yeah. And that's, that's what we're doing different. And I'll tell you, I mean, just by doing those small tweaks and like really focusing on the client experience while we're in the house, I mean, results to a lot more business for us, higher referral rates. And I think like right. the biggest thing too is because you're educating them, it makes it easier for them to say, oh yeah, I'll write this contract where I have to pay $50,000 out of pocket just to get this house, not including my down payment. Yeah. And they're willing to do it because they're educated yeah. and they feel confident in that. And they know that's what it's going to take. But if you went in and said, hey, man, <laughs> you got $200,000 going down on this house. We're just not there. You need another 50. And none yeah. of that's going to go towards your your loan or anything. It's just 50 grand you're paying extra. Right. People go, whoa, 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 why? You know? <laughs> it's not until after you explain why and show them examples that they go, okay, that makes sense. And they're willing to do it because yeah. they know what it takes at that point. Absolutely. So. That's just the key to like good selling is managing expectations, getting really helping your customers get really clear on what they want. Cause that's the other thing. Like I've also met people who just don't really know what they want. And like, that's not a big deal, but like you as a salesperson need to start helping them figure that out. Right. Like um, yeah. that's my, that's where I geek out. Like I absolutely love the art of selling and like connecting mm -hmm. with people and it's done very well for me. And, uh, and you can do it without like, like you can do it without feeling sleazy. Like this is, yeah. you, know, there's oh, no, you know what I mean? Like there's no, I, th I think that's the hardest thing that is funny enough. Like if I'm going to train somebody on how to sell, like that's the objection that I run into the most. They're like, yeah, I don't want to sell. I don't want people to hate me. And I'm like, well, yeah, but, but NLP thing, right? Like, well, if you think yeah. people are going to hate you, then they will like, oh yeah, I, <laughs> I had a sales guy who was like, all my customers are douchebags. They all, they're all, you know, uninformed and all these things. And like, funny enough, like every time we went and talked to a customer, they were a douchebag. Like, you know what I mean? Because if, if mm -hmm. you, for two reasons, number one, if you, if you think that you're going to treat people like that. And if you treat yeah. people like a douche, like if you treated me, like I was a douche, like for sure, I'm going to give you problems. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like, Absolutely. And I was like, so stop doing that. Like, stop thinking yeah. that people are like that and they won't be like that because you will have treated them better than that. Right. Absolutely. I'm going to share something real quick to go along with that. Okay. Because a lot of times we design our clients um, yeah, and what, yeah. like what we don't want, right? Like here's this NLP <laughs> stuff. So we jumped in and our coach said, Hey, I need you to design the perfect client. 25 characteristics. I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, whatever you want. So I'm going, all right, they need to make, you know, X amount of dollars. Yeah. This is their house. This is what they need. They need to have you know, some sort of like basketball or sports, like for me to connect with them really well, they need to be like, you know, into this kind of stuff. They need to like cars because I like cars. And, yeah. you know, after two weeks of implementing and just saying, this is the clients I'm taking anyone else, not that I don't like them. It's just, I'm going to pass them over here and delegate. Right. Sure. And after two sure. weeks, I get a phone call from Michigan and someone's like, Hey, um, we're, we're looking at $800,000 house. And we're like, okay, cool. Where's your max at? 
oh, I mean, we don't really have a max, 800,000. Like that's our, that's our bottom. Yeah. Okay, cool. So look at my list. Boom, there's 800,000 minimum criteria. All right, cool. Yeah. What's your credit score? Right here. Boom. Oh, yeah. minimum credit score right there. Like, and before I knew it, like 18 out of the 25 things were a designed client. And yeah. they're just like, cool. They flew out from Michigan. They didn't hire another agent. They didn't call anyone else. It was just like, we were supposed to talk. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Fast forward another week, I'm at Costco. And I get this lead that comes through on our website, two and a half million dollar buyer, like <laughs> coolest guy I've ever met from Chicago instantly. Hey, are you a Bulls fan or jazz fan? Just harassing him. He's like, dude, I watched Michael sink that shot on the jazz. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you know, we can relate here. And before I knew it, boom, 20 out of 25 things that I put down on my list is what this client was dead yeah. match, like down to the T. And so instead of saying, Oh, well, this client's a douche. Anyone I ever work with is a douche. I've kept saying, yeah. these are the clients I work with. And before I knew it, my clients started reflecting that. And yeah. of course, that puts more money in your pocket. So that's yeah. another NLP is design what you really want from your clients. Yeah. They'll start coming. Like, right. It's crazy. I know. So, and I would do that. Like, that's so funny. And and maybe, and I don't want to say like I was doing that exact thing, but like yeah. intuit, intuitively, I was like just treating people like, you know, how, how they should be treated. And, and, and like, and I understand where you're coming from too. Cause that's really cool. Like understanding like your ideal client and then honing in, because I think that's a big thing that like uh, entrepreneurs and business owners miss as well. Like they, they think they have to take every client and, and that's yeah. probably worse than taking no clients. <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? But, but it's, it's Absolutely. great that way. Like when, when you, when you know who you want to work with and then, and then, you know, when you said you designed your client, like, uh, you taught me something new, just like actually designing your own client, because my mind went right to like, just like, if you know, just assume that everybody's ready to buy and that they're and assume that they're ready to be nice to you and assume that they're, you know, yeah. that they don't think you're sleazy, right? Like, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, you'll stop thinking about, or yeah, you'll, you'll stop worrying about what other people think about you when you realize how little they do. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's just like, why don't you just assume that everybody thinks you're an awesome guy and like that they're ready and, the, and they know what they want right. and treat them like that. And then boom, actually you're going to surprise yourself with how many people are ready, know what they want and know how to buy. <laughs> you well, know? Yeah. And it makes you level up too. Cause you're going, all right, if these are the type yeah. of people I want, okay, how do I have to be right? Yeah. I can't good point. be sleazy. Like I have Great to be point. sharp as a tack, man. I got to be ready for anything. And yeah. you've leveled up yourself and like, you didn't even know it. <laughs> right. So, right. I know. I love it. I mean, that was, you know, I love it when people are like, ah, oh, I hate salesmen. They're so sleazy. And I was like, well, I don't know who you're talking to, but I make way more money than most sleazy sales guys. So dude, I don't know. You and, do. <laughs> and if you feel sleazy as a salesperson, you're doing yeah, something wrong. I agree. Like plain and simple. 100%. If you, if you're out there selling and you're like, man, I'm just a sleazy salesman. You've got something in your mind that is holding you back yep, and at what point and the, the question i'd be asking myself is at what point did i decide all salesmen are sleazy yeah and i would go point. back and figure that out and great uh point. you know because like i would say i'm not sleazy at all i'm like one of the most resourceful real estate agents in the state yeah you call me i'll have an answer for you if i don't have an answer i'll have an answer for you in 15 minutes like yeah yeah, yeah that's absolutely. how resourceful i am <laughs> so like right. instead of looking at people saying Oh, he's a sleazy salesman. People in my network too, they say this guy's the only person you want to talk to. Yeah. And my network respects that. And it's because I respect them. So yeah. If you're feeling sleazy Amen. in your job, you're just not doing enough. 
or you're not being resourceful enough to build confident. Because once you hit that threshold of like, I know my stuff, I'm good. You don't feel sleazy anymore. You're looking like, how can I help you? It's almost yeah. like all the follow-up, all the phone calls to leads and like cold calling, all that stuff goes away because you know in your mind you're successful and you are there yeah. to help. These people just don't know that yet. Amen. And so, Amen. No, I, I couldn't agree more because that is absolutely right. And it's so funny, man, because I used to train car salesmen. Like I was just, you know, that was part of my job. And it was so funny. We'd have like a new hire, like training and I'd have like 10 or 15 sales consultants, men and women, whoever. And the first question I would ask would be like, cause I learned this from another trainer that I had, but I would just be like, Hey, when I say salesperson, when I say car salesperson, what do you think? And like, they would all ramble off all of these words that we would associate with that. And I was like, well, that's the contract that you just signed. So welcome aboard. Right? Yeah. That's the job you just signed up for. <laughs> so now we got to figure out how to like, get that all out of your head. Because like, yeah, I was like, are you sleazy? And they'd be like, well, no. And I'm like, well, okay, then like, now we got to figure Now we got to go all the way back so that we can go all the way forward, you know? Yeah. And the thing is like, if, if I'm brand new salesman, like car salesman, I, I don't even know the job, but first question I'd be asking is like, what is this car serving its purpose for? Yeah. Right. Of course. Boom. Like yeah. I, and I know the purpose. So then they go, Oh, well, you know, I'm looking at this Toyota Sequoia or yeah. this, you know, G wagon, whatever the case it is. Right. And I'd say, okay. Oh, you know, you're trying to write <laughs> off the tax deduction of yeah. 6,000 pound gross vehicle weight. Well, you know, have you looked at other cars like this, this, and this yeah. to still get those benefits or even ask how much money do you need to write off in your taxes? Right. Like right. <laughs> people don't know those questions, but like instantly, if you came to me and started talking like that, I'd be like, dude, Dalton, sell me a car. Like all yeah. these other goons out there. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I know you sell me a car because that's right. where I'm at. Yeah. Right. And that you just got to find that connection. You know, yeah, I, I told my wife, I told my wife, like when I go and buy my first supercar, I'm going in scrubs. Like I'm going in my <laughs> basketball shorts. I'm gonna look like I am just, you know, some guy off the street. That's what we did. And I got bypassed. Like we went down to Lambo store. We got bypassed like multiple times. And finally someone came up and asked and we walked out of the car with brand new, or we walked off the lot with the new McLaren. Like, yeah. because he asked, he, he treated me like a person and he knew exactly what I was doing coolest yeah. thing ever for me you know <laughs> that's great though yeah that's i mean that's a story that we always tell that i would tell anyway i don't i don't do that yeah. anymore but that was a story i would tell i was like dude just you need to talk to everybody and, and to treat them like they're a buyer because right. you never know because the story we had in our in our uh honda dealership was yeah same kind of thing a guy came in he looked like a farmer he shouldn't have been in a honda dealership go talk to him anyway ended up needing you know he needed some family cars, bought like three that day. It was like, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, just not, like treat people like they're ready to buy. Yeah, absolutely. Just carry a conversation. Sales, yeah. if you can just talk to someone like you and I are talking right now, yeah. sales is easy, right? Sales is easy. <laughs> sales is easy. And, but yeah. that's the hardest part is just treating, like, don't worry about the sell. The sale comes yes. naturally if you can worry about the person and their needs and ask questions, but no one's going to really care what you have to say as a salesperson, you can know everything about the car, sure. but it doesn't matter until you know about the situation. And Amen. then once you figure the situation, then the car comes into play. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So well, um, Jesse, thank you so much for the conversation. This is yeah, absolutely man, wonderful.
Thanks for the invite. Hope this helps your listeners. This, uh, <laughs> this is stuff that's changing our lives and we love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we sign off, before I let you go, let everybody know where they can find you, your website, real estate stuff, all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So FiscoRealEstate.com, that's uh, disco, but with an F like Frank. So <laughs> FiscoRealEstate.com or hit us up on Instagram. We do a family vlog to try to show people like our lifestyle. Um, and that's at Fisco Frenzy because um, we truly believe like in order to have a relationship with your real estate agent, you need to know a little bit about them. So we open up our lives a little bit, um, you know, so like we just did an Easter egg hunt. So we're going to have a bunch of media, social media about our Easter egg hunt, what that was like and talking to people. And so you yeah. can kind of get a feel of us, but yeah, those two things, or just go add me as a friend on uh, on Facebook, Jesse Fisco. Like, <laughs> I'm more than happy to chat and just have conversations. That's my favorite part about my job is talking to people. I just got off the phone with the guy from the Philippines today. So hit me up anytime. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. Yeah, man. Thanks, Dalton.